Here's somebody auditioning back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. And I pray now that you will bless our time in your word. That everything that we do and say will be pleasing in your sight. Speak to our hearts that someone will be helped and healed today to continue their journey to becoming all you want them to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're in the midst of the Valentine's Day celebration and, and you probably heard and saw some great stories about the thoughtfulness and the kindness and the love that was shown between friends and spouses and family members. I don't know if there was a story that was more moving to me than the story of Richard Cox. Richard Cox is a man who lived in Kentucky. And Richard Cox was a loving husband for 20 years. He died of cancer in 2012 before the 2013 holiday. Imagine the shock of his wife on her face when she received a delivery of flowers from her deceased husband. With the flowers was a personal note, thanking her for her love and her support and letting her know how much he loved her even though he was gone. Tears would flow from her face as she was just shocked and overwhelmed with emotion as she read this handwritten card from her deceased husband. Imagine the shock and surprise when in 2014 she received another set of flowers from her deceased husband with a handwritten note, a different note. And over the last eight years, every year for Valentine's Day and her birthday, she has gotten a set of flowers and a different handwritten note from her husband. Now, brothers, I'm not trying to make it hard on you. <laughs> I will say it's pretty bad when a dead man is doing better than you are. <laughs> but I think it's, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing that, that a person who was facing death would, would have it in his heart to make sure that the woman that he loved would know of his love for her even after he was gone. Now, there may be somebody here under the sound of my voice. You may not have gotten the card that you wanted or the gift that you wanted or the loving uh, attention that you wanted over this past weekend. But, but here's a question I want to ask you. When's the last time you gave yourself a meaningful gift? 
Now, I know there are times, for example, you may go shopping, for example, and you see something that you really know you shouldn't buy and you really know you can't afford, but you may tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to buy this for me. This is my gift for me, right? You're going to do something special for yourself. And I believe that there comes a place and a point in time when you have to learn how to do something special for yourself. So today, I want to give you a gift for you to give to yourself, a gift that you must claim, a gift that you must redeem, but it's a gift that is really greater than any gift you can give yourself. The greatest gift that you have ever received in the world, if you know the Lord as your Savior, is the gift of salvation. No greater gift you can receive, but the greatest gift you can give yourself is the gift of forgiveness. Not only your ability to forgive yourself, but your ability to forgive others. There's somebody in here right now who is living in a prison built with bricks of your own bitterness. You are locked in a jail and the key is in your hand, but you have refused to let yourself out because of unforgiveness. And today I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to let yourself out of your own jail. I want to talk today from the thought forgiveness, the greatest gift you can give yourself. Forgiveness, the greatest gift you can give yourself. Somebody in here needs to know, and I'm going to share with you just a personal story of what I've been dealing with over this last week or so that you are always going to be tested when it comes to what God commands you to do. You're always going to be tested to love the way God tells you to love because you're going to deal with some unlovely and some unloving people. You're going to be challenged to forgive like you should because you are always going to have people who are going to test you, who are going to try you, who are going to push you to the limit. And typically when we talk about uh, challenging people, they fall into one of four categories. Rick Warren, the uh, pastor of the Saddleback Church in Mission Viejo, California, talks about four people. He calls them VDPs, very draining people. Yeah, write these down somewhere on your outline. He says the first very draining people that we have to deal with are difficult people. Difficult people. These are people who are just hard to work with. They're hard to get along with. They seem to be unpleasable. They seem to have more of their fair share, more than their fair share of cranky moments and cantankerous days. Uh, they are typically people who are difficult to deal with and many times can come across as very rude and insensitive. Anybody know difficult people who will test you? Yeah, hopefully you don't live with them. Amen. Uh, the second VDP is the demanding person. The demanding person. They, they, they want their agenda to be your agenda. They're aggressive. 
They're pushy. They want it their way or the highway. They will manipulate. They will bully. They will make sure that what they want done is what ends up being done or make sure everybody else's life is miserable until they get what they want. The third VDP, disappointing people, people who will disappoint you. Uh, sometimes people will hurt you knowingly, sometimes unknowingly, sometimes it's planned, sometimes it's unplanned. But even if it's not intended, it doesn't lessen the pain associated with the disappointment. Maybe they broke a promise. Maybe they broke a vow. Maybe they were unfaithful to you. And that disappointment is something that has scarred you, that has marked you. So that everywhere you go, you still carry a little bit of that disappointment with you. The fourth VDP, destructive people. Destructive people. Uh, these are people who want to harm you, who want to harm others. Uh, they are intentional. Even if they say they're unintentional, uh, it's hard to believe, but they are evil. Uh, some of them just don't mean any good. Some of them are so miserable on the inside that they can't give anything else on the outside. How do you deal with people who are destructive, who are disappointing, who are demanding, who are difficult, especially when they test you? And I know what some of you are thinking, enough with the test. Can I get past the test? Why do I have to keep getting tested over and over again? Well, the tests really reveal where you are, what you know, and how much you have really grown in the Lord. Three things on your outline today. I'm going to get through the first two, and we'll save the last one until next week. Number one, if you're going to give yourself the greatest gift, and that is forgiveness, you must face your past hurts to keep them from limiting your ability to forgive others. You must face your past hurts. John 16, says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, I want you to underline the phrase, you will have. The issue is not if, the issue is when. You will have many trials and sorrows. Some of your trials and sorrows are from your B.C. days, before Christ. But some of your trials and sorrows are from your A.C. days, after Christ. Because the truth of the matter is, you knowing Jesus as your personal Savior will not exempt you from trials and sorrows and will not keep you from going in your flesh where you shouldn't go. So maybe as a child you were hurt by an adult. Maybe a person that was trusted with your care violated that care. 
Maybe a person made you promises and they broke those promises and you're still carrying the scars of those broken promises. Listen, God doesn't expect you to pretend like it never happened. God doesn't expect you to deny it, gloss over it, ignore it, make excuses for it, or act like it didn't happen or repress it. Here's what God says. God says, don't fake it until you make it. Face it so you can make it. See, here's the problem, and this is what we need to understand. You'll never be free until you forgive. And you will never forgive until you're willing to face the pain of your past. Let me say it again for somebody that missed it. You will never be free until you learn to forgive. And you will never forgive until you learn how to face the pain of your past. You've got to face it. Don't ignore it. Don't play like it didn't happen. Don't live in denial of it. You have to face it. Because it's not until you face it that you will be able to do anything about it. And there's somebody in here under the sound of my voice right now. You are never going to be the loving man or loving woman. You're never going to be the God-ordained man or woman. You are never going to fulfill your godly potential until you learn to face the pain, the trials, and sorrows of your past. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must forgive the people who have done you wrong. Now, this is real simple, but how many of you know it's easier said than done? I said you've got to face the pain, the trials, and sorrows of your past so that they don't hold you back, but then you have to get to the place where you forgive the people who have done you wrong. How do you normally respond to very draining people? How do you respond to difficult people, to demanding people, to destructive people? How do you respond to them? Well, typically, we respond in our flesh. And we respond in one of three ways. Write this down somewhere. The first way we typically respond is we remember and we are determined never to forget. We remember. We stockpile it. Put it in our mental database never to erase it, and if we put it in the trash, we never empty the trash. We keep it there so we can always pull it up when we need to. Like, oh, no, I remember. I remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. And watch this. If we're not careful, we will carry the memories from a past relationship into a present relationship, and we'll start talking to a present person like we're talking to the person in the past. Yeah. Proverbs 17, 9. Look at what it says. You will keep your friends if you forgive them, but you will lose your friends if you keep talking about what they did wrong. <laughs> It'll cause you to lose friends. It'll cause you to lose a spouse. It'll cause you to lose your children. It'll cause you to lose your job. Just remembering and living as if the past is your present. 
one guy was talking to a marriage counselor, and he, he told the counselor, he said, man, whenever my wife and I argue, he said, man, she, she, she goes his, historical. And he said, you mean hysterical? He said, no, historical. She goes back and picks up everything I've ever done in the past. Won't let, I thought it was over. I thought we forgot about it. I thought we moved on. But she gets historical. And listen, you will never be able to move forward if you remain historical. Some of you right now are sitting there looking at me mean like I did something to you. I haven't done anything to you. If I could show you your face right now, you'd understand what I'm saying. Because I'm making you think about some stuff that happened in your past. See, we laugh about that historical thing, but you always got to be careful with that. You, you got to be careful with that. My, my, my wife and I, we, we have a little joke now because, you know, we, we bring up something or we're talking about something or you did this. And so she did something that I didn't like. And so I said, you know, well, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm going to talk about it, right? I don't want the stew simmer, you know. And so I said, you know, well, I didn't appreciate, you know, you said so-and-so and so-and-so. And she said, why are you always in the past? Why can't you let the past go? I said, because it happened five minutes ago. <laughs> She's like, you need to leave the past in the past. I'm sorry. Why do you keep on throwing up the past? So, so now... When she does something, I'm like, or I do something, I'll be like, hey, don't even say anything. It's already in the past, right? <laughs> Bible says, 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Here's the second thing we do. I told you first, we remember. Here's the second thing we do. We repeat. Repeat. Uh, we repeat it over and over again. We mentally go over it and over it. We work ourselves up into a fit and into a frenzy. Now, you probably don't recognize when you do it, but I'm sure you see it when somebody else does it, right? The only difference between a mountain and a molehill is dirt. And, and people can sit there and add dirt in their own mind and work their way up from something that was real simple to all of a sudden, man, it is like DEFCON 4. You got to call uh, the Pentagon. And he's like, it's not that serious. But you can work yourself into that by repeating it over and over again. We rehearse it over and over again. But here's what else we do if we're not careful. We will repeat the pain and the behaviors. We will transfer it to somebody else. What was done to us, we will now do to somebody else. And one of the worst things we hate to hear, especially when we're mad and we're acting like them, is for somebody tell us that we're acting like them. Like you just like your mama. What? You just like your daddy. What? Now, it can be as true, it can be as right, but you don't want to hear it. But what you end up doing is repeating the cycle over and over again. Listen, there's a, there's a valuable tenant. One of the tenets of Celebrate Recovery is hurt people hurt people. And if you don't resolve the hurt in your life, you will pass that hurt on and the ramifications of that hurt. 
to your own children, to your grandchildren. And if you're not careful, they'll pass it on to their children's children. And what is dysfunction will seem like a family trait. And you'll be excusing it as that's just part of our family history. And back, like, no, that's crazy. And it's been crazy for like four generations. Here's the third thing we do. We retaliate. We remember, we repeat, and we retaliate. We want to get even. Yeah, you know what we say, right? Uh, we say things like, what goes around comes around. Rev, you know what the Bible says, what goes around comes around. Like, what book and chapter and verse is that in? Uh, revenge is a dish best served cold for all the Trekkies in here. Karma. Man, something else, boy. And payback is a, well, you know what payback is, right? And we'll even spiritualize it. We'll spiritualize our, our, our unresolved hurt. We'll take a passage out of context like, you know, you need to be careful. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. All out of context. But we're going to apply it to us. So I got to tell y'all. So I had my stuff. I had a bunch of my stuff in storage, right? I mean, thousands of dollars. Books that I collected over the years. Some of the first edition books. I uh, got some clothes, got a bunch of stuff when I moved out of my house to my apartment and then moved from the apartment to the house and I never transferred it in. And stuff was being stored by a friend of mine. And so I've been calling him and said, hey, man, man, I need you to bring this stuff. Man, Pastor, you don't have enough room. I was like, well, look, let me get a thing. What not? Man, look, don't worry about it. You know, I got it. So he's got it. It's good. Don't worry about it. It's good. And so I said, you know, man, I'm getting some stuff straightened out. Uh, at the house, right? My wife's throwing out a lot of stuff, so I need to go on and get my stuff out of storage. And, and so I'm going to go through storage. So I call him, and I don't hear from him. So I send him a text. I don't hear from him. So I call him, call him. I say, hey, man, what's going on? Oh, man, I've been traveling past him. Hey, man, look, you know, I want to get my stuff out of storage. And he's like, uh, okay, all right. Well, let me, let me call my guys and, you know, make sure we get your stuff all situated so you can come and pick it up. So I'm like, okay. And so I don't hear from them. And, you know, you get busy and you're doing stuff. And then I think about it again. I said, man, I said, I ain't heard back from them. So I called them again. Hey, bro, listen, man, what happened, man, the stuff in storage? He said, oh, yeah, Pastor, you know what, man, I, I got so busy, man, I forgot, man, let me get right on it. I'm going to get right on it. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you back. I said, okay. And I don't get a call back. Time passes. So I call him again. So he said, man, Pastor, you know, I was, I was over at the storage the other day, and I didn't see your stuff, man. I, I'm going to have to look for it because I think when we moved over there, they moved your stuff around. So let me, you know, get back in there and, and really look for it. So I'm like, really look for it? <laughs> all right. All right. I don't hear from him. So I called back. I said, hey, man, where's my stuff? <laughs> G- 
get real quiet. Crickets. Man, you sell my stuff? No, no, Pastor, not like that. See, what had happened was my old stories got flooded out. And I lost a lot of stuff, man. And my guys, I was in Port Arthur with Harvey, and, and my guys, when the stuff got wet, they just threw out a bunch of stuff. And I think your stuff was in there. I said, when did that happen? He said, oh, Harvey. So I said, wait a minute. It's 2020. Harvey was 2017. You ain't said nothing all this time. And, his, and, and, and he sent me a text. He said, man, Pat, I feel so bad about it. I'm sorry. Man, I, I just, I feel sick to my stomach about it. Now, how much did that mean to me? Absolutely, positively nothing. Well, I hope you do feel bad. Where all my stuff? Right? And, and, and I'm sitting there, I, I got to tell y'all, man, I'm, 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 I'm going through this message, and I'm sitting there thinking, now, you know, in your flesh, like you don't want anything bad to happen, but if it happens, you'd be like, see, that's what you get. God don't like ugly. You know what I mean? Be like, yeah, if that new storage unit burned down and my stuff is not in there, God don't like ugly. But guess what? Even feeling that way is not what God wants. It's not. It's not what God wants. And as justified as I may feel and all of the thousands of dollars of stuff that I lost is gone, guess what? God still is not saying that that excuses me to feel a certain way about him. Look at Colossians 3.13. Let's read it together. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. Now, God is challenging me, right? I got to forgive this brother. Now, he can't store nothing for me ever again in life. Ain't no need of me lying. I'm not giving him a shoebox to store for me. He can't keep nothing for me. He can't keep it for free. I'm telling you, he can't store nothing. But what am I going to do about my feelings? And I know some of y'all are thinking, well, pastor, if you forgive him, why wouldn't you let him store your stuff again? You lost your mind. <laughs> My forgiving of him of a previous transgression does not necessitate me trusting him with future opportunities to repeat the transgression that has been committed in the past. I'm going to let go of the past. But now we ain't going there in the future. You got a problem with that? Talk to me after the sermon. I'm telling you just... They don't need me lying. But let me tell you what it is. Because I asked him, I said, man, you got insurance? You filed insurance? And it was like, everything was a no. I ain't, no, I ain't filed no insurance. I mean, wait, you lost everything? You ain't filed no, you ain't filed nothing with FEMA? Nothing? Nothing. Hmm. 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 Okay. 
The word forgive. There are several words that are translated forgive from the Greek into the English language. The word forgive there, karitsomai, comes from the Greek word charis. It's the word that we translate grace. The unmerited favor, the undeserved goodness. And so basically, here's what God says in Colossians 3.13. Give grace to anyone who offends you. The Lord gave grace to you. You give grace to others. You say they don't deserve it. God said, neither do you. Now, I know what you're asking yourself. How can I forgive what's been done to me? Especially after all these years of shame, all these years of grief, all these years of pain, all these years of this person acting like they didn't do what they did. No remorse, no apology. How can I forgive that person for what they've done? Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. The New Living Translation. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, I want you to notice what God says in his word. Look at A. Forgiveness is a choice based on the exercising of your will. Forgiveness is a choice based on the exercising of your will. Can I tell you something? You won't ever feel like forgiving in your flesh. You no, know, your flesh is never going to wake up one day and go, oh, let's forgive and let that go. Like, that's not how your flesh, your flesh is looking to retaliate. Your flesh is remembering. Your flesh is repeating. Your flesh is not looking at releasing. That's not what your flesh does. Right? To forgive is an exercising of your will, and you can write this down as a side note, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Ghost doesn't help you, you're not going to make it. Look at B. Forgiveness is never given based upon what your offender deserves, but based upon what God has already done for you. Just like you don't deserve to be forgiven, your offender does not deserve to be forgiven, but you don't forgive. Man, please hear me today. If you don't hear anything else, please hear me today. When you forgive, you don't do it for their sake. You do it for your sake. You say, but they think they got away with it. They did get away with it. It's done with. There's nothing you can do about it now. You can't go back and change it. But you don't have to let it continue to affect you in a negative way. See, 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 the truth of the matter is there are too many of us who are self-victimizing ourselves. 
It's, it's self-victimization. It's like the person did it and they're gone and now we're doing it to ourselves by remembering, repeating, right? We, we are literally doing it to ourselves. Have you ever been around somebody who was talking and they were talking out of their pain, but they're talking to you, but they're really talking about what somebody else did to them? And you have to remind them and say, um, that wasn't me. Like you got me confused with somebody that wasn't me. I'm not the one. I didn't know I didn't do that. Right? Listen, in order to see God work in your life, you have to make a decision to remove the hatred and the hurt and the pain and replace it with love. Now, here's where some of us mess up. Here's where some of us mess up. We define hatred to the extreme when we're not doing it. Instead of what it really is. And that's a destructive emotion within us. We define it as actions and not as emotion. When the actions are just an outgrowth of an emotion. Let me see if I can make it plain. I want to bust a window out your car. <laughs> but I'm not really hateful because I didn't bust a window out your car. But if I was really angry and really hateful, you go out and see a window busted out of your car. Are you following me? That extreme act, if I was really angry, I'd have cussed you out by now. But just because the words didn't come across your lips doesn't mean the feeling is not in your spirit. Are you following me? And most of us, most of us who are quasi-educated and semi-exposed have learned how to be reasonable even in our unreasonableness. And, and, and we've learned how to manage our anger. So we don't act out, right? It's not that you've never felt rage on the road. You had just managed to control your road rage. You've kept it inside the vehicle with the windows up, you know. <laughs> right? But if anybody's on the phone with you, they'd be like, what's wrong with you? No good son of a, I got, oh, nothing, man. These folk driving crazy out here. Listen, you got to replace that hatred and that pain with love. So, yesterday I go up to HEB, want to pick up a couple of things, ask my wife, you know, if I need to get anything while I'm in the store and walking around picking up some stuff. I, I discovered something in the parking lot. I know this is going to blow you away, but it was like really mind-blowing to me. I learned I could not park in a parking space that already had a vehicle in it. No, no, no. I mean, I, I know it's simple, but it's, it's, it's like it's factual, right? Like if there's a car in the parking space already, I can't park there. 
I have to find an empty space to pull into. Now, I know some of y'all looking at me strange. You're like, yeah, okay, duh. Watch this. When you have hatred in your heart space, love can't park when hatred is in the space. And, and I don't care how justified your anger is. I don't care how justified your pain is. I don't care how long you've been dealing with it. Love can never pull in and park when hatred is already in the space. And so I want to help somebody today. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to face your hurts. Stop acting like it's not there. I, you've learned how to live with it, I understand, but stop acting like it's not there. It's there. And it's not going to get better, it's going to get worse until you address it. So, uh, I, have, I have some strange television watching habits, and one of the shows I love watching is, is crazy. I love Dr. Pimple Popper. Man, I love Dr. Pimple Popper. You know, you, you ever see, how, no, don't leave me by myself, how many of y'all like to see Dr. Pimple Popper? I mean, it'd be gross, it'd be nasty, but I still like to watch it. You know what I mean? Be like, ooh, look at it. Uh, uh, uh. Give me more, right? <laughs> and, and, and here's what's amazing to me about Dr. Pimple Popper. Over and over again, you have people who come with these, like, huge, almost appendages to their body, right? And, and you know, they, I mean... It, it, Bought pus, head, I mean, all over, right? I mean, all, all body parts, man, all over. And, and here's what's interesting. She'll ask them the question. She said, when did it start? And they'll say, well, it started, like, right, it was just really little. Like, not as things like a grapefruit on the side of the head, right? But it's like it started off real little, real simple, and, uh, and it just got worse and worse, Right? Now, here's the thing. Dr. Pimple Popper does a great job because she can see the evidence of that which is growing where it shouldn't be growing. But she can't do anything about what's going on on the inside. And for somebody this morning, your word is, even though it's on the inside, it doesn't mean it's any less destructive to your life. Right? If you see it, guess who else sees it? God sees it. And when God sees it, tell you something else. It's going to affect those you interact with, even if they can't see the cause or the root, they still experience the fruit. And so my prayer is, is that you will face it and you'll make a choice and say, you know what? Once and for all, I need to let this go. So God don't have to bother the pastor no more to preach this sermon to me er again. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for my brothers and sisters, and I thank you for your love for us and your word. God, I thank you because your word always challenges us, and even when we can look back at our lives and see where we have made progress, we can also acknowledge that we have not arrived. 
and there's still work that needs to be done on us and in us and to us so that you can do more to your glory through us. And so I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. Pray for those who are watching and streaming today. I pray, God, that we would take the key and unlock the prison of our hearts so that we can walk in the power of forgiveness and experience your love afresh and anew. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Those of you can and will, please stand on your feet. The word that we've received today is one that all of us deal with every day at some point in our lives. That's facing who we're going to forgive. Ultimately, God has already forgiven us when he sent his only begotten son. And so today, someone has a chance to understand in a very real way that God has forgiven you for your sins. God has forgiven you for all of your trespasses. And you don't have to carry him around any longer. You can come now and have a relationship with him. And so right now, we extend to you an opportunity to come to Jesus just as you are. All of your heavy burdens, all of the things that you just say, I can't be forgiven. No, he's forgiven you. And he's asking you right now to come just as you are in your fears and your doubts and your uncertainties. He's asking to bring all that to him because he wants a relationship with you. So we extend to you now an opportunity to come just as you are. Come to Jesus as the men sing. Come, just as you are. opportunity that if you've been thinking about joining us here the Good Hope Church, this is an opportunity for you today to come on. You've been thinking about it, you've been visiting, you say, I'm going to do it. Well, today is a good day to do it. 
We invite you to join us on this journey. We're not perfect in any shape, form, or fashion, but I will tell you this. We're going to love on you with the same love that God gives to us. And so we invite you to come and join us now. And if you've been out of church and you've been trying to figure your way back, you don't have to. Come on now. God is waiting for you. And that word today was for you. And you can come just as you are. So we invite you now to come as the choir sings. we pray right now for the soul that's still struggling for the soul that is still contemplating Lord we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to move on them and let them come crying I want to have a relationship with Jesus and recognize that he is their Lord and Savior so God we pray for them right now we lift them up to you Lord that you move on their hearts and Lord we thank you for this word the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, church, it's time for the offering. Amen. Amen. While you're gathering yourselves together. Give you a few minutes. All right. Looking for another video there, but all right. We want to remind you that this is a time to give back to God as he has given to you. Our pastor preached a couple of weeks ago about the gift of tithing, giving you an opportunity to give back to God what he's given you. And I don't know if you remember the two tables that was up here. One table had a whole lot. And there was one table that only had a little. And that's what God just requires of us. Not the whole thing. Just a 10% portion. And if you think about it, if you give God his first, I got news for you. He'll take care of everything you want. And so when you're giving today, give as God has blessed you. Give according to your blessing. And all we ask is that you give and sacrifice in your giving. And God will bless it in a mighty, mighty way. All right, let us continue. Worship and giving. Deacons, all right, they're ready. All right, let us continue.
wanna thank you, say. I just wanna thank you forever and ever and ever. God, we thank you for these gifts, and we pray that it be used to build the kingdom and to bless your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. All right, Master Control, we're in your hands. Are you ready for some soccer? Our second season of Good Hope's Upward Soccer is about to get started. Our inaugural season was a phenomenal success in which we had 50% more kids than anticipated from our targeted zip codes. In 2020, we are looking for that number to increase. We incorporate devotionals into both Tuesday practices and Saturday games as we try to introduce Jesus Christ in an age-appropriate manner. Orientation evaluations are scheduled for March 7th at 9 a.m., Practices begin Tuesday, March 17th at 6 p.m. and games begin Saturday, March 21st. Register your child or sponsor a child today via the I Am Hope mobile app or goodhope.org website. One, two, three, onwards! True Youth is looking for people to be Good Hope Youth Ministry volunteers. If you've been waiting for an opportunity to impact our youth, here's your chance. We are especially looking for volunteers for our small group sessions, check-in table, and helping put snacks out. Come and learn where you can help at our youth volunteer orientation on Sunday, February 16th at 12 noon in The View. Register today via the I Am Hope app or goodhope.org website. Have you ever wondered about the contributions of minorities to Christianity? At 7 p.m. February 18th, we would like to invite all millennials and Generation Z to come out to Good Hope. Dr. Vincent Bantu and legendary Christian hip-hop artist Show Baraka will be bringing their mastery to the stage to create a night of education and entertainment. Bantu and Baraka will combine academia with the arts to uncover the truth about African, Asian, and American Christianity. This will be a night where lectures, drama, and music will merge into one. You don't want to miss this. As Christians, it delights the heart of God when we take time to praise and worship Him. The most intimate way to praise and worship God is through prayer. The Promises of Prayer Prayer Breakfast will help you develop and build an intimate relationship with the Lord based on 1 John 5, 14-15. Join us on Saturday, March 7th at 8 a.m. in the Center for Hope as we fellowship together. Register today via the I Am Hope mobile app or goodhope.org website. A people without knowledge of their past history, origin, or culture is like a tree without its roots. The My Voice Matters Millennial Group is hosting Fourth Ward, Good Hope, Past, Present, and Future. Come join us as we look at and celebrate the rich history and culture of Good Hope NBC on Saturday, February 29th, 2020, in The View, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Don't forget... 
CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week. And remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. Amen. Govern yourselves accordingly. Uh, true youth, you're meeting, if you're volunteering and, and, wanna, and you're interested, that's today at 12 o'clock in the view. So we'll look to see you there. Don't forget we have midweek services this week, uh, 12 noon Bible study and 7 o'clock uh, Bible study with Dr. Green. So we hope to see you at both either or on services this Wednesday. And remember our sick and shut-in family members as well as all of our grieving families. All right, uh, is the Smith family here? Oh, wave your hand in there. Come on down. All right. All right, any, anybody with them? Friends, come on with them. Dedicating to the Lord today, Aria Nicole Smith. Parents are Brittany and Brian. Grandparents, Christopher and Cassandra Balke. Balke. Nicholas. Smith and Bridget Smith. Godparents are here. Any family members or friends that would like to come, you're welcome to come. Stand with them and uh, any picture takers, welcome to come as well. All right? Let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for this day and we pray now that you'll bless in a special way this service of dedication young Aria to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew chapter 19, beginning at verse 13. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. The family is a divine institution ordained of God in the beginning of time. And children are a heritage of God and are committed to their parents for care, protection, and training. And it is important that all parents recognize their obligation and responsibility to God in this matter. Hannah recognized that her child was God's because she received him after praying to God. She believed that God could do more for him and through him than she could do. And so she gave her child back to God. And the Bible says, and God blessed her with even more. There are some who are afraid to trust their children to God. But Hannah said, as long as he lives, he shall be given to the Lord. 
And so today we honor and recognize the sacred gift that God has given to the family that stands before us, the Smiths. And we ask God to publicly bless what God has already done. We have a charge for all of you who are present. This charge is to parents and grandparents and family and friends who will all be part of the village and the raising of young Aria. Because the truth of the matter is, all of us can think back to others who poured into our lives who were beyond our nuclear family. And we want to be intentional in making sure that we pour the positive, loving things into her to help her be all that God wants her to be. So as I read this charge to you, and if you agree, I would ask you to say, we do. In the sight of God and in the presence of these witnesses, do you promise to raise this child in the fear and admonition of the Lord? If so, say we do. Do you promise to seek to lead her to know Jesus as her Savior and Lord at an early age? If so, say we do. Do you promise as much as possible to set before her an example of godly and Christian living? If so, answer we do. The good old missionary Baptist church under the leadership of this pastor accepts this child in dedication and assumes responsibility before God to partner with you in raising this child in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We recognize that we are not a substitute for what you do, but we're here to support what you do in the home because we know that this child will have much more time in the home than she will have here in this ministry. And as we equip you, you will be better equipped to be the mother and father and family that she stands in the need of. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on this gift from God. Family members, would you join hands, please, with one another? Father, we thank you and bless you today for the gift that you have given and the person and personality of Aria Nicole Smith. Uh, we thank you for parents, grandparents, godparents, and all who will make up the village to surround her with the love, with the care, with the attention that she needs in order to become all that you have created her to be. God, we thank you for her father, who will be the first love of her life, who will be the example for manhood that she will see lived in front of her, that will serve as the template that she would look for in other men. We thank you for her mother, who will be her first hero, her first hero in life. And as she thinks about who she wants to be when she grows up and as she plays with makeup and clothes and shoes and things, she will... Uh, see in her mother uh, the godly woman that you have called her to be. God, we ask now for the village that will surround her, that you will love her in a special way, and that you will care for her, protect her from danger seen and unseen. God, we know that she will cry tears that no human hand can dry. We know that she will face dangers that will be beyond what we will be able to see. But God, we know if you keep her, she will be kept. So 
So we ask you to assign your very best available angel to watch over her. Bless her now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Have your way, Lord, we ask, as we give her back to you. And may you do great and glorious things through her life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That's all right. She said it's been a long day. Y'all got me up early this morning and put all this white stuff on me and wouldn't have feed me so I wouldn't mess it up. And now she's going to stop crying after everything's over. That's all right. I understand. She's like, I see the end in sight. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the way it goes. All right, come on, let's get this picture. Yeah. All right. Amen. Remember. Amen. Amen. Keep the family in prayer as they raise your baby girl. All right, it's time to recognize our guest. So if you're visiting today with us for the first time, would you please stand? We're not going to ask you to say anything. We do want to recognize you. So if this is your first visit, please stand. Remain standing. Amen. Well, we're so glad that you're here today. And we hope you've been blessed by the word, by the singing, by the fellowship. And we invite you to come back again. But because you're here, we do have a special reception for you. So I'm going to ask that you gather your things and you follow the young ladies who have a sign that says guest relations. And they're going to take you to the area for our reception just for you. So we got a snack for you and going to tell you a little bit more about the Good Hope Church. God bless you. Thank you for coming. You're welcome to always come back. Amen. Show some love, church, as they gather their things and go to the reception. is good. All hearts and minds are clear. Let's stand and receive the benediction. Praise God for the brothers that was blowing today. Amen. All right. Touch your shoulder. Say how you doing if you ain't spoke all morning. Say how you doing. All right. God, we come now to thank you for reminding us afresh of the gift of forgiveness, reminding us afresh that just as you have forgiven us, we need to forgive others. Now, Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that you bless them this week when they rise up early and settle late. Now, bless them, Lord, when they go out and when they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again in the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, hug somebody on your way out.